Hi, this is Sean Perrin, and you're listening to episode 33 of the Clarinet Podcast, the show where I discuss all that's new and neat with clarinet with the neatest people in the industry. Today's guest is Matthias Muller, who received a broad musical training at the University of Music in Basel. His most important teachers were Hans Rudolf Stadler and Jörg Wittenbach. Since 1996, Matthias has lived in Zurich and is professor for clarinet at the Zurich University of the Arts, also known as the ZHDK. He has gained a reputation as a versatile artist and is an active interpreter, composer, and teacher, as well as the artistic director of various institutions and projects. He has performed as a soloist with renowned orchestras such as the Zurich Tonhall Orchestra, the Tchaikovsky Symphony Orchestra Moscow, the Orchestra Sinfonica de Milano Giuseppe Verde, etc. He supports the creation of new music and played over 100 premieres. At the Institute for Computer Music and Sound Technology at the ZHDK, he is in charge of the research project Sensor Augmented Bass Clarinet, or Sabre, which is an instrument that is playable in the usual way, but also allows a computer to be controlled. As a composer, he has followed a line of development that might be termed the aesthetics of the second modernism, and attempts time and time again to follow through in an interdisciplinary way. Along with works of music, theater, and for orchestra, his oeuvre encompasses many pieces of chamber music and electronic music, too. He has written an instructional work for the clarinet and continues regularly to compose works for children. In this interview, we discuss some of the amazing things that this Sabre technology can do, what it means for music and musicians in the future, how it's different from other MIDI controllers and synthesizers, and how Matthias and his team are working to bring a commercial version of this exciting product to market. I'll be sure to check back with Matthias in a few months and get some updates and details about this project. I first learned about the Sabre at Clarinet Fest 2016 this past summer in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, I had the opportunity not only to watch Matthias perform live on the instrument, but also to see it up close and watch an extended lecture as well. And I have to say, this is really why people should be considering going to Clarinet Fest. You simply can't find this kind of stuff anywhere else. And uh, I really hope I can make it down to Orlando this coming year. I was debating whether or not to include some sort of sound file along with this episode, but uh, honestly, I think that the best way to experience the Sabre is also to watch it. Furthermore, Matthias has put together a really fantastic trailer that explains some of the sounds along with what you're hearing. So I think the best thing to do actually would be to pause this episode right here and go to www.clarineat.com and check out this video trailer before you go on. The giveaway for this episode is a signed copy of one of Matthias' CDs. To make sure you're eligible to win items mentioned on the podcast, this and others, including an upcoming giveaway for a Bakun Alpha, please be sure to sign up to our emailing list, again, at www.clarineat.com. Today's episode was brought to you by Daddario Woodwinds. Sanding, shaping, balancing. For centuries, mastering your instrument meant mastering these crafts too. But now, Daddario is refining craftsmanship for the 21st century by refining their reeds and mouthpieces with the world's most innovative techniques so you can spend less time sanding, shaping, and balancing, and more time perfecting your own craft. To learn more about the new era of craftsmanship from Diderio Woodwinds, visit diderio.com woodwinds. So I'm here today with Matthias Müller, who is a professor of clarinet at the Zurich University of Arts and the inventor of the Sabre, which stands for Sensor Augmented Bass Clarinet. Welcome to the podcast, Matthias, and thanks for talking to me today. Yeah, nice to talk to you as well. 
So as I mentioned before we went on air, I, I really feel like you're a guest who I could talk to quite a bit more than one episode, so we might have to have you back. But today I'm hoping to focus on your very interesting research and the invention, which I was actually fortunate to see while I was at Clarinet Fest and also here at a concert there. Um, but for those who weren't there or have not had the opportunity to learn about this, how would you introduce this invention to them? Yeah, um, I think... What is the technology of our time? It's a computer, it's a di digital technology. And it's very difficult to bring music together with this technology because what we want when we play an instrument, we want really fast reactions and a close connection with everything. And only in the last years, uh, I think we, we got now this opportunity. And so I, I, it was my goal to um, construct an instrument that I can still play normally. And at the same time, I can also manipulate the computer. And so the computer element is interesting because a lot of people might be wondering, well, okay, we have the bass clarinet, but don't we also have instruments like the Akai? Uh, wind controller. Um, so I guess, does this bridge that gap or does it add something new to the mix or how would you explain that to those kind of questions? Yes, actually I have to say that I'm not so familiar in detail what the Akai can do from the technological side. But what I can say, it's really new in that way that you can still play your instrument totally normally. So that was always uh, an intention that was really important for me because I love to play the instrument, I love to produce the natural sound, but I want to add the electronic sound. And so in that way, I think it's like one of the first instruments. Also, if you take the electro electric guitar, it's only an electric guitar, you cannot play it in an acoustic way. So you are still free to play absolutely normally and then add the electronic part whenever you want. Or you can focus more on the electronic part. And then I would say what is a very, very important um, part also in that is what is the program the programs in the computer what is the computer doing um, because yeah we know these uh, are magic machines but it's always also a difficulty to know to to really let them do what you want and so we focus also very much on this part to because uh, we are aware I mean because it's not only my project I have a whole team who is working here of course a professional team also of programmers who are really um, now um, programming uh, really software that can be used for, for everybody. Yeah, so I should have mentioned, sorry, this is a team effort, this project. Um, so we should also extend some, some uh, gratitude and sort of uh, credit that way as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I do think you've hit the nail on the head, though, with the concept, um, because people who do play instruments, they want to continue to play the instrument and add something electronic to it. They don't necessarily want to go back to nothing and start from scratch, you know? Exactly. I think when I started with this project and more and more, one, uh, one thing what I saw is that it's not a big invention what I'm doing. It's in a more in a way to see or it came the question why doesn't it exist already and more and more now i saw why it is an economical there are economical reasons that in 
music, we have not a lot of money, first for research, also for development, and then um, also companies who are interested or doing this business. Specifically, this business in the interaction between acoustic instruments and electronics. We have all um, classical and historical old um, companies, also some new companies for, for producing instruments, building instruments. Um, for clarinet, we know, I don't have to mention them. And then we have now more and more also companies who are producing, but only digital instruments. Mm -hmm. And now the combination, if you have nobody who can do the, the research part, um, yeah, nothing will, will come up. So I feel like actually we should quickly introduce a couple terms because I, I don't want anyone to get lost who's listening because this is a, for a lot of clarinet players, this is a fairly new concept. Um, so there's, there's three basic things we're talking about here. And one of them is the, the normal acoustic instrument, which we all know. So that's, you know, the bass clarinet, you, you blow into it, you press the, the keys down and you hear the notes as normal. Um, another type of instrument is a synthesizer, and that's something that actually has tones built in that um, reacts kind of like, a, you know, various keyboards in like a Kurzweil kind of piano or something like that. Um, and then there's something called a controller, and that's this is actually blending a controller with an acoustic instrument, if I understand it correctly. And what a controller is, is it responds to um, like trigger events, and a computer program then puts gives it kind of an output. Is that is that a good explanation? Yes, why not? Probably the easiest thing is like I go now in, the, in this direction and I explain what this instrument, the sabre, um, really can do. This instrument, what we we built now, that's a it's now the third prototype, has four different sensors. So the, the it's also the name sensor augmented bass clarinet. So we have sensors on the instrument, which um, are yeah take information of your playing. So first, every key has a sensor. So the computer is reading everything you play. So you have in a way like the keys of a piano. You can play. You can do the same thing like a synthesizer. Then we have, but also certain very specific wind instrument um, applications. The first is that if we have also a wind controller that you have also in some other instruments, electronical instruments, so that measures the air pressure in your mouth. And then also the movement of your instrument, also the position of your instrument, if you go to the left, if you go in front, so you can use the movement of your instrument as a signal to trigger something in the computer. Now, what is the, the, the classical thing, what we know, there's just with play along. It's when we have a, I don't know, we, we, we say sometimes still we have a piece, a clarinet and with electronics means you have just a tape or a sound file and you today you have a sound file in the computer, you switch on the computer, you push it, a key, and then it starts and you play with this sound file. But this is in a way not very um, interesting because you have no control over that and it's very stiff and you have just to play with it. And now what we can do is we have, with these sensors, you can manipulate directly, let's say, a sound file. You can start it, you can stop it, you can start another one because you have also some triggers on the instrument that you can push and use without any, I mean, it's a little bit similar to a, a pedal, but still a pedal 
makes it a little bit sometimes awkward when you play to use your food. You have everything with your hands and you feel completely free as you play normally the instrument. I guess like, again, I'm just thinking for listeners, a lot of people are going to be really sort of uh, <laughs> new to this. Um, is it better to introduce the effects first or the way those effects are controlled first? It's the, the question is now what shall we speak about? Because <laughs> we are no, we are at the beginning. This instrument is not finished yet. Um, we have a prototype. We have we pro I think we start like that. I explain now the prototype what we did, and or I described it before. Mm -hmm. And now where we are going? The first is we want to produce, and that's really I think now interesting for everybody who is listening. We want to produce a product that you can buy and use. Everybody can use it and can start in a very very easy way. So we produce now one sensor, a sensor that you can put on your mouthpiece. Just put it around and it's, it's very easy. You have, you have to put something on the mouthpiece as well for the wind controller. And then you get a program, you can download a program and you can just start to do things. The only thing what you need is a, is a microphone. But microphone, you can take any microphone and you have two loudspeakers connected with your computer. And then you can just start to try and we provide very easy software. Because now we are the question, when you ask me what can you do with effects, you can do, then I can say you can do everything. It depends what the software can do. So what we do, we do a restriction and we, we offer certain possibilities for, for a beginner who just starts to use this and this effects to, to change his sound and to, to bring this in a certain order. We will also provide, or we will also, I work anyway with a lot of composers, I compose myself, we will bring pieces that you can just try out and use these, these things. So it is like, it's like, if we, we drive a car, we don't understand what all this um, technology is doing. We just drive the car. And that's the aim that a clarinet player who just starts to play with electronics, he has not to know every detail, but we want to provide in that way as other machines are provided as well. That you can just also for, I mean, Probably also, it's very interesting for young people who are uh, anyway very familiar with all electronic stuff. They can just use it and start on a very easy level. And then, of course, you can go deeper and deeper. That's today the point also. I mean, what is a synthesizer? Today, every computer can do more than all the older synthesizers. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we have just to make it possible, you know. So I, I really like your concept. I wanted to just sit there for a second about the not needing to understand everything. And I feel like that a lot of people really get intimidated by technology, such as in music, like a looper pedal or even using an iPad to look at music. But then at the same time, everyone has a very advanced computer and car now and no one questions that. So why do you think people are so resistant in music to this kind of change? <laughs> I think not all musicians are. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I just mean as a whole. Like, it's very... Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are actually scared to, <laughs> to approach this kind of technology, I think. And, and, I think... Uh, I see there really a distinction in generations. I mean, I also... I'm now almost 50, and, and so I have 
I don't, I know that uh, I'm not born and <laughs> with electronics, but if I see the new generation, I mean, they do that much easier. They just try it out and just do it. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, it's a little change. I mean, you, you need a computer and, and I don't know when, when you are, I mean, still, I, I love to play the clarinet itself as well. But, and, and then I think it's really, the problem is that, that also there, it has to do, I think, with the same economical thing or that electronic, it's not, it, it's just not in the, on the market. Um, if you, if you do something really a good software, which is very easy to use for live electronics, it would be possible. And of course, with sensors together, what we do, it's much, much more interesting. I think everybody could use it much more. And there you see, I mean, we are now really, we have to struggle much more. Uh, the first step we could do the whole development research, we could get money from the Swiss government which, of course, we are very happy and thankful that we could do this research to come to this point. And now, but now we are, we have a company, we need investors. And it's not impossible, but of course, it's not so easy to persuade an investor for something that doesn't exist yet, and he doesn't know at all what it is about. And then when you have a certain money, then you can provide really nice things. I think it has a lot to do with economics. And then there is another point. I think a lot of people don't like electronics because they do did have they did bad experience. They were on stage and the things were not working and then mm. they had to wait. Everybody knows that. And there I can can tell only one thing. If an airplane is flying and your car is driving, even your coffee machine is working, then my Sabre has to work in the same way and you can rely on it. Yeah. The Sabre is much easier than every car, every airplane. The problem is how can you get enough really good programmers behind it that it works in the, with the same stability. This is the point. And when I'm on stage with my instrument, <laughs> at the end now, of course, I, we had to go through a process of a lot of prototypes with bugs and we have to resolve, uh, solve problems. But at the end, I'm sure that where the first problem occurs, it's not the electronics, it's not my clarinet, it's me. <laughs> I will make a mistake. I think the human being is much... <laughs> you see that with airplanes. Airplanes um, crash mainly because of um, problems, of, of, of human problems. It's not, and it's not the... If you really make something really good in you know, a technological way, it works much uh, with more security than human beings. I think you're right, though, about the whole people just having access might be the problem or not having access. Because if you look at other instruments like guitar and, and uh, keyboard and even percussion and to some extent, there's a lot of digital or electronic products on the market. And for clarinet and wind instruments, we, we kind of just don't have that yet. And so maybe there won't be as much resistance as I think. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, now what... What we could do now, we, we did as it's also the name we have we talked about bass clarinet. This sensor we produce is called the Sabre Multi Sensor, and you can use it for all clarinets and all saxophones as well. 
Um, and I think this is a very good, big now, big step we can make because, of course, if it's only bass clarinet, then it's a little bit um, special. It's really now for all these uh, one-read um, um, instruments. And so we get a bigger market. And there you see already also saxophone players probably are a little bit more open and more interested because they have not this whole classical part from the repertoire. They have no, not really the main uh, orchestras plays not the same role as in the clarinet world and so i think there is a i see a very big interest and i'm tra traveling around with these instruments now since let's say yeah three four years and so i was in all continents and really the interest is really big and i'm really now very eager to see when we have our product that we can really bring on the market so it is very cool because you can control it by moving your body. I mean, one, one other thing we should explain is that, of course, while you're playing, you're blowing air and you're using your fingers to actually play the instrument. But the, the method you develop to actually control the sound, you're tilting forwards and backwards and sideways. And the effects that can come are really cool. For anyone listening, I'm going to recommend you go to the website, uh, www.clarinet.com. And check out, I'm going to post a video. He has a really great trailer to all how this works on his website, and you can, you can watch it there. Um, as far as the commercialized version of this product, what are we talking as far as time frame and uh, price, or is any of that known yet? Yes, it is. Um, so we will uh, we work. We have now the last step of development, and it should be finished next summer so i think we can come out parallel in next summer fall we will be on the market with this sabre multi-sensor it will be also you can also start only we will provide also only buttons that you have you can put buttons on your instrument and trigger things on the computer so you can start also in a very easy version of it and you get of course the website as well and, and the software as well Sorry, the software. And so the price, um, it will be much, much less than a clarinet. <laughs> and a little bit more than a reed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for an electronic piece, like let's say someone wanted to buy a looper pedal, they're prepared to spend between four and $700. Do you think it would fit within that range? Yeah, I think we will be in a, in a good uh, range, yes. And of course, what we do is a looper pedal as well. Oh, absolutely. That's the great, yeah, of course. <laughs> That's the great thing now with the computer, you know. What you can do, when you, okay, so let's speak about the looper machine. You have a looper machine, you buy a machine, you have a thing you have to carry with you all the time and it's heavy and, and then you want another, you don't want pedals and blah, blah, blah. And you have a lot of luggage always to take with you. But the computer is able to do all these things. You don't need, and even... In a computer, you can do open systems that you can have a looper that you can manipulate in a much more different way. And that's what um, we want to do, or is our aim, that electronic is really a thing that you can use in a creative way. And it's not something which is just given and you have to use as it is. We know all the things, and there you see always also the distinction between amateurs or professionals, let's say also in graphics or, or doing certain things. 
because if you just use the easiest programs then everything looks like the same and the professional can then have really his handwriting and that's what we want that you can have your handwriting with electronics because our system is very flexible. You can change your looper. You can change your reverb. It's not always the same. Or you say you put it in, in a certain, you make a setting for something and then it stays for, I don't know, for the whole passage the same. You can make it flexible with, let's say, the movement. So just to give an example was, would be, okay, let's take a reverb. And, but I don't want to have always the same reverb in the hold, you know, because it's, it's annoying when it's always staying in the same way. You can say, if you go to the left side of your clarinet, the reverb is short or even dry or even stops. And if you go smoothly with your clarinet to the right side, the reverb gets more and more. So you can have, and then you can give to these electronics really your personal handwriting and you and you can use it in a very creative way that's one thing i think is just so smart as well is that i have a looper pedal actually and i find it very cumbersome to, you're right to carry around but also to use i've, I've never really figured it out I, I don't feel like i can be musical with it um but the computer everyone now knows how to use the computer and everyone will know how to use their clarinet so they can sort of put those two together and actually do something that they feel comfortable with right from the start. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And now the the thing is only what I think is is our aim. First, what I had to do here is to create and to bring together a great team because I can't do that. I cannot program. I am. I am not. I'm not. I cannot build electronic uh, stuffs. How how should I? I'm, I'm a musician. I'm a composer. I'm a clarinet player. And so, but. I, I, I really could build up a very nice team of different persons who go one direction to bring to one result. And now the next step should be that we could, could make really a, an international community of users. It could be composers, it could be players, it could be programmers. Now to, to, to work with this, um, let's say, sensor and bring to, to build up different programs because, yeah, everybody could program something and then we could see, oh, can we include it in this system or somebody has a wish, uh, I don't know, one musician, I want to make it like that or like that, can we, can't we do that? Of course, you can, every, <laughs> until now, almost every question I, uh, I heard, can this instrument or this sensor making do this and this, I could say, yes, it's only a question of programming how you program your computer that it works in the way you want. Something else really interesting is that you demonstrated that you can actually play the instrument through the electronics completely alone without any actual acoustic sound if you want to. How does that work? Yeah, this works with uh, because you have um, every key has a sensor so it is like a keyboard you know and then you can take any synthesizer and bring the sound there and now the interesting thing is that how that you can manipulate the sound let's say the volume of the sound because you have this um you have the air pressure sensor so the electronic sound you play is not like that or so monotonous it's really you can make it colorful you can make shapes with it and gestures and design the sound 
And so that's unfortunately, though, something that the commercial version cannot do, right? Because it doesn't have the key sensors. It's it's the pressure sensor only. Exactly. That's so the, right. The, that's the, right. But that's what we want to do. If it's it's only a question. What we show now in this prototype too is it's possible. Look, folks, it's possible what we can do today. Now, the problem is why can't we do it immediately? It's, it's just a, it has just to do with money. And, and if we could just say we produce this instrument, it would have a certain price and so on. And it's not yet clear. Is there a market for it? And so on and so on. So that's just the next step we want to do, of course. Have you considered um, any sort of crowdfunding or opening up the floor to investment for, for the public? Like, personally, I would love to pre-order one of these. <laughs> okay, that's a good thing you tell. Yeah, we did just a crowdfunding um, nine months ago, November last year, and it was, it was a success in Indiegogo, but we um, it was on a certain point, and it was, we, it's, but it's with, crowdfunding is such a new thing it's very diff you know when you talk of industrial wise to produce things in the electronic way you need kind of millions not just 50,000 you yeah, can't yeah. do anything if you want to pre-produce things that's you have to go and see in the real business what is an investment in a thing and what do you do so we we talk of really bigger amounts and I think this is not realistic to get that with crowdfunding but we have we, we did it crowdfunding is also a great thing to make it popular I will send you as well the, the link to our Indiegogo film we have their commercial film for this uh, campaign it's still what we will do but we are now we are just further on we are just yeah we have we are everybody we have now at the moment it's of course um, an engineer who is bringing all these things together making really small and smart we have an industrial designer working new now with the thing to bring that in a really good shape and the programmer they are working now uh, really 100% till next spring and then we have it so it will not last so long and well, let's see, but we will start with the website and everything, I would I assume, in beginning of 2017, and then there will be immediately a possibility to order it. Of course, at first, the first orders, the early bird, is a better price. <laughs> yeah, so can people still purchase an early bird type thing or no? Not yet. It will be in January. Oh, okay. Hopefully we can do that in another podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As this progresses, actually, I'd be interested to check in with you and kind of see how it's going. It's a, yeah. it's such a cool idea. So I'm going to include links to all this stuff in the show notes so people can check that out. And um, if you're listening to this and you feel a little confused by the, the terms we were using and stuff like that, don't be intimidated. Just go to the website and check out the video there. It'll all make sense and you'll be amazed and you'll also be interested in purchasing one of these, I think. Um, what is your long-term vision for this, this product and who, like, what kinds of musicians do you imagine using it the most? You know, it's, for me, it's, I, I can't say, I mean, but my main intention is first, I'm, of course, I'm also, I'm really interested in, in getting new fields of music, you know, and mm. bring just the music. Well, what my aim is, it's a very gen general thought, you know, and it has nothing to do with clarinet specifically. It's if we look around our 
world is changing so much. We have we, we speak of robots. We don't know when is coming the self-driven car. We have all kind of and, on, and we have also in, in medicine a lot of technology coming in, changing our body. We don't know. And now it's just what I want to give is the same opportunity and the same um, direction in the musical world. Because mm -hmm. music cannot be a part. Why do we spill play only music of the 19th century I, I mean it's strange why is the music was in history sometimes behind other techno and other fields but why to give there this possibility and of course I mean first my heart is very much with the clarinet but to provide different things to uh, to other instruments as well very interesting is but that's another field we cannot go in details now is you can use it also in connection with other medias like video. We are now trying our first steps with game, games, video games, and with light, and so on. Well, so, so we could maybe look forward to a clarinet hero type game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A dream of so many. Um, no, to, seriously, though, I, I just think it's so interesting because, like the whole thing with loopers and, and the guitar effects that, you know, guitarists have access to. I've actually taken up guitar some years ago with the idea of getting to explore that more. But because I'm first a clarinet player, I feel like that's where I'm able to express myself. And I've never found sort of a musical um, reward with playing the guitar in that way, simply because it's not my main instrument. So I guess that's what I'm excited about with something like this is the doors it opens for, for composition and performance and even just kind of noodling at home on your own just for enjoyment, you know? Yeah, it's it's just for that. And I would say, I mean, it's what I also want. One aim is also, I think, with that, you can give... Uh, it's much easier to be creative on your own way. It's much easier to improvise with this than only with the clarinet, I can really say. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think there we have a problem, mainly in the classical world but also sometimes in jazz you know it's so strict you have to do this and this and this and this you have to improvise like that or this this and this or you have to play this and this and this and this we have just to follow rules but that's not good for art art is creative you have to to express yourself and it could really be i think a little help also for for people to find their own way to to do their things and of course it's really also perfect to to play then with with just with bands you know we can play and bands in all directions. Yeah, I see an application in pop music, and of course, you must know um, Edge from the from U two, the band. He's yeah, good, yeah. So he's one of my favorite guitarists. But what I like about him the most is that it's not only that he plays the guitar, you know, of course, rather well, but he is as much an architect of the effects as the notes themselves. And there's actually a video of him. I believe it's him. It might be someone else demonstrating what his riffs and and melodies sound like without those effects. And it's really interesting because they're actually very simple and they can be played many times by very beginner guitarists, but they put on that looper with them or that, that reverb or delay or whatever effect and all of a sudden it just sounds so amazing. Yeah, yeah, it can, yeah. It can sound incredible. So, yeah, I, I think, think that's, this... That can go in, in really the same direction. And Absolutely. I'm just also, you know, I'm just also very curious what will happen with that. I started with this ID. 16 years ago and I didn't know where we get and I only saw that the direction is good <laughs> I'm still working on it we we get now a product for the market and I'm sure it will it will work and uh, 
but I'm so open now. I think everything in, in for the next de decades, we don't know where it will go. And I think it's just good to give also a, a thing like that to the musical world and specifically also to the climate world. Absolutely. Um, where can we find you online if we're going to go looking for, I'm going to put links in the show notes, but in case someone's wants to check it out right now, um, what website could they be directed to? I would, um, yeah, it's just, we are just in a change. We will make the, the new website and I say for January. Um, the best is also just go on my website, um, www. And my name, M-A-T-T-H-I-A-S dash Müller and Müller in Swiss is M-U-E-L-L-E-R dot C-H for Switzerland. Perfect. And I'll put that link up in the show notes there. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap up? No, it's just, uh, I would just say, okay, take a note of it, be aware. And you can also write me and just tell it around. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, check it's, it out when it's here. It's September now. Maybe we should check in again in January or something when the, the commercial website's launching. That'd be kind of cool. Follow this yeah. as it goes. Yeah, wonderful. Okay. So yeah, I want to congratulate your team on the research. I think it's just amazing what you're doing for the community and the furthering the clarinet as a technological instrument of the 21st century. And uh, it was so great to meet you at Clarinet Fest and, and watch your lecture and enjoy that great performance too. Thank you very much. And yeah, let's keep in contact. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah. Thank you for the interview. Sanding, shaping, balancing. For centuries, mastering your instrument meant mastering these crafts too. But now, D'Addario is refining craftsmanship for the 21st century by refining their reeds and mouthpieces with the world's most innovative techniques. So you can spend less time sanding, shaping, and balancing, and more time perfecting your own craft. To learn more about the new era of craftsmanship from D'Addario Woodwinds, visit daddario.com woodwinds.